Hello, everyone. This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the December 5th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. In today's podcast, we're going to take a look at all of the 2022 distributor merger and acquisition activity, and then learn which local marketers offer the most industrial sales potential. We'll also check out some weekly economic indicators that give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and electrical market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2022. For the week ending November the 26th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 225,000. That's a decrease of 16,000 from the previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average is 228,750, and that's an increase of 1,750 from the previous week's revised average. The U.S. unemployment rate through October is 3.7%. There were some pretty significant decreases in unemployment claims at the state level, and we found six states that had claims decreases of at least 2,000 for the week ending November 26th. Those states are California with a decline in claims of 10,667, Texas had a decline of 5,087, Illinois' decline was 4,857, Georgia saw its claims decline by 4,804, Florida was down 2,678, and the state of Michigan was down 2,008. Surprisingly, few states had increases in unemployment claims for the weekend in November the 26th, and when there were only four states that had increases in claims topping 200, those states were Wisconsin saw an increase of 1,549, Connecticut was up 1,026, Ohio's claims were up 534, and the state of Tennessee was up 203. One of the most interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly. There's been a lot of talk about freight rail traffic in recent weeks because of the resolution of the strike for workers in the freight rail industry. For the past week, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 413,305 carloads and intermodal units, and that's down 4.1% compared with the same week last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 47 weeks of 2022 was 23,190,907 carloads and intermodal units. That is a decrease of 2.5% compared to last year. As has been the trend for most of 2022, more of the individual freight categories were in the red rather than on the green side of the ledger in the November 26 data. The good news is that several key categories had decent growth. Non-metallic minerals were up the most at 4.2% compared to this time last year. That was followed by coal being up 3.4%. And we had farm products, excluding grain and food, and motor vehicles and parts, both up 3.2%. Biggest decliners were petroleum and petroleum products at minus 8.4% growth compared to this time last year, and metallic ores and minerals, which was down 7%. If you track the oil market, you are probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available each week by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. 
This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. In this slide, we see the drilling activity on both a state and basin basis. The total rig count through November the 23rd is 784. That's up 215 rigs over last year, and that's, a, that's good for a 38% increase. With 372 active rigs, Texas remains the nation's largest oil market, and it showed also the biggest increase, with 99 more rigs operating now than were operating at this time last year. With 72 more rigs operating now compared to 2021, the Permian Basin again counted for the biggest chunk of this increase. New Mexico also had an increase over the past uh, couple of weeks, and it's up two, two rigs in the latest data. It's the only state besides Texas with more than 100 rigs operating. It has five, 105 rigs operating, and that's 22 more than last year. Prices for West Texas Intermediate Oil are back up over $80 per barrel after spending a few days in the $70 per barrel range. They hadn't spent any time south of $8 a barrel since September. Interestingly, last December, WTI spent the entire month in the $60 to $70 range and first broke into the $80 range per barrel on January 11th of this year. The WTI never looked back on its march to more than $100 a barrel, where they, it lived for quite a bit of the time during the first half of this year. The, price, the prices began dipping below the $100 level in July. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because he's the leading indicator for future economic activity. And that's because copper is used in so many different industries with the construction industry among the leading markets because of how widely used it is in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Over the past week, copper prices made a move out of the $3.60 per pound range and pushed it up into the $3.80 per pound range. When you look at the COMEX copper pricing chart over the past year, you see two distinct scenarios. First, we had the move in the first quarter of 2022 from $4.30 to $4.90 per pound on the COMEX exchange, and then, we, and then a dramatic decline down to the $3.20 level in July. Separate to that was a period of relative calm from August through November when prices settled into a fairly tight band from $3.50 a pound to $3.80 a pound, where they have been over the past week. As the end of the year approaches, we thought it would be a good time to look at the distribution activity that we've seen over the past year. It, it's been one of the most active acquisition years in, in my memory, and I thought it would be a good time to look at some of the largest deals. <laughs> Let's take a look at some of the larger acquisitions. We saw eight distributors that had been in Electrical Wholesaling's top 150 listing acquired, merged, or changed ownership in 2022. These companies were Amperage Electrical Supply, bought by CED, Low Electric Supply in Georgia, bought by Crescent Electric Supply, Rockingham Electrical Supply, bought by Sonapar. We, had, we saw Pepco in East Lake, Ohio, also purchased by Sonapar. First Source Electrical, bought by Wind Supply, First Source being a Houston-based company. Advanced Electric Supply Company in Chicago, purchased by Border States. Horizon Solutions in New England and Upstate New York, purchased by Rexel. And Elliott Electric Supply bought Kansas City Electrical Supply. When it's been when you take a look at the the number of action, we have about 20 different deals that we were able to report on over the past year so far. And if you look at how over the past couple of years, there's been 35 distributors of a good size that were on previously had been on Electrical Solutions Top 150 list. 35 companies being purchased since 2019. 
I recently did some research on the nation's largest industrial markets for an article on electrical marketing, and I'd like to share some of this data with our viewers and listeners today. We'll be looking at the 10 largest markets, and if you need sales estimates for the industrial market potential in more than 300 other metropolitan statistical areas, it's available and updated quarterly as part of an electrical marketing subscription, which goes for only $99 per year. With more than $1.2 billion in an estimated industrial sales potential, the Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Anaheim metropolitan statistical area is ranked number one. Also over the billion-dollar mark was the Chicago, Chicago, Naperville, and Elgin Metro with one billion and ninety-nine. Number three, New York, New Jersey at nine hundred nine billion. Dallas came in in the fourth spot, seven hundred ninety-seven point eight million dollars in potential. Detroit came in at six hundred seventy-six billion million dollars, and that was also Detroit also had the biggest increase in industrial employment 19, over the past year. Nine thousand six hundred more employees work. And that was good for 8.3% increase. When you look at the top 50 markets, they their increase uh, was average 4.1%. In the number six spot, Houston, $603.8 million industrial sales potential. Minneapolis, number seven, with $559.4 million in potential. And Boston Metro, $494.1 million in industrial sales potential. The Philadelphia Metro, $478 million dollars in industrial sales potential. Atlanta Metro finishing up our top 10 list at $468.6 million in industrial sales potential. I calculate the sales potential using our 223 sales per employee estimates. And for every industrial employee, we figure two, they have the market potential of 2,650. And that comes from the Electrical Wholesaling's 2023 Market Planning Guide. Special thanks today to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2022. They'll also be our sponsor for their series in, in next year in 2023. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you'd like us to cover in this podcast. If there's any other information of, of our immersion acquisition list or the, that industrial market potential that we were discussing. Our next presentation will be on Monday, December the 19th. And until then... Stay happy, be healthy. Look forward to talking with you in two weeks.